from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas, a joyful Christian community. This is Soulful Sundays, a weekly podcast of our 5 o'clock service. I'm Patrick Miller, Director of St. Mark's. Welcome. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, When will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then Jesus said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and plagues. And there will be a dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. Before all, but before all of this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance. For I tell you, I will give you the words and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. On Wednesday of this week, Allison and I will celebrate uh, 20 years of marriage. And we will... There you go. Some of you started clapping and you know us, and thank God he did that. Um, We will celebrate this by uh, having a vestry meeting here at St. Mark's, and uh, we look forward to that. Uh, So we went out a week early. We went to New York last week for a couple of days. Uh, We went on Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, Friday. And so we did, you know, Miller fashion, Wednesday, we left here early in the morning to make it in time, you know, so what are you going to do in New York? But you're, just, you're going to meet the presiding bishop. So we met and met Michael Curry, the presiding bishop, the, the preacher from the, the wonderful wedding, who uh, was speaking at my friend uh, Tim Saunders' company. Uh, you may have heard of this company. It's called Goldman Sachs. And uh, Tim uh, works there, and so he got to interview the presiding bishop. So we went, and, we went and saw that interview at Goldman Sachs headquarters downtown. But we had to leave a little early. 
because we had to go to another uh, VIP reception over at The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So Allison and I went to see a taping of The Late Show for Stephen Colbert. And uh, it, it, I don't know if you know about that set, but it's, it's kind of designed like a church. And it, for me, it's like going to comedy church. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Stephen Colbert. Uh, the band, uh, led by John Baptiste, is good, but not as good. Um, and so we went from there, uh, we went to uh, dinner with Tim uh, and Francesca, his wife, and then uh, went to bed. We got up on Thursday, we did what all uh, uh, people do when they're away on vacation in the morning. Uh, we worked remotely at our jobs uh, in the morning, and then went to lunch with Wade. Wade is a friend of ours, a longtime friend of mine, since we were about 15, a working actor in New York, and uh, one of the funniest people I know. When Allison and I got married... We came home from our honeymoon and we're writing our thank you notes. And uh, we were like, from Sarah and Tom and Wade. And we're like, oh yeah, look at Sarah and Tom going in with uh, Wade. And, that's Wade. and then it was from uh, uh, Rich and uh, Julie and Wade. And we're like, oh yeah, I remember when Rich and Julie met Wade. And then we got to uh, from Aaron and Wade. And we're like, how does Aaron know Wade? And what Wade had done is written and Wade on every gift at the reception. So we were halfway through the thank you notes before we got caught by Ann Wade. So Wade is just, we had this best time. We went on a long walk on the High Line with Wade and laughing. And Wade and I would go and pose by art and do ironic poses by art along the High Line. And Allison would take our picture. We were thinking we'd make a calendar of me and Wade, you know, (laughs) friendship forever kind of thing. Anyway, and then where the High Line it dumps you down at the end of it at uh, the Whitney Museum. So Wade had to go uh, to work, and so Alice and I went into the Whitney Museum and roamed around. And then we went to, uh, to uh, 31st and Broadway, up onto the 39th floor of a place to have a dinner with some more friends that I had made. Uh, and we knew from Connecticut who had trained in to be with us. And then that was, uh, that was the end of Thursday. Friday, I flew to Charleston. Allison flew home. Uh, I was in Charleston to be inducted into the Priory of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, which is a Shilvuk, Shilvirik, I mispronounced it, order uh, from uh, 900 years old, has a hospital in Jerusalem. I was invited to apply and did, and now I am a, a confrere of this, and I have a, I have a star on a, a five-point, four-pointed star, a little ribbon that I wear on a blazer. I'm a thing. Um, I went to that on Saturday, flew home uh, yesterday, uh, picked up Allison. We went over here to Jack in the Box, got uh, six tacos uh, for 99 cents and drove over to the Heights Theater to watch our friend Ray Wiley Hubbard play, uh, play over there and then came home, woke up. Um, back to work. The, the 20 years of our marriage... Uh, I'm just very grateful for Allison and her uh, companionship and our ability to laugh at the absurdity of everything. On the way home last night, we listened to a Conan O'Brien podcast where he and his staff talked about when they were children stealing baby food and eating it from their baby sisters and liking it. And I just, a little window into my marriage. Anyway, we're at the Whitney. I'm walking around the Whitney and I come across uh, this painting uh, called uh, Baptism in Kansas. And as I was looking at it, I was reminded of 
the night the 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 things that are going on around us that are absurd um i was reminded of of how it seems like uh everything is gone that was once great uh like decency uh while we were up there on the 39th floor uh, eating uh eating and laughing um the the impeachment trials were swirling um the a new shooting in california uh two children uh shot dead lives forever gone lives forever uh destroyed and as i was looking at baptism in kansas and you'll have to forgive me because my memory is so bad but the but i I had to make a note the baptism in kansas it was painted by a man named john stuart curry in 1928 and gertrude vanderbilt whitney was a part of her collection as when they made the museum and it is a it is a phenomenal painting it it uh it really caught me uh in the middle of the painting is um, a, 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 like a watering trough, and there's a, a pastor, and uh, he, has, he is holding uh, by the neck uh, a, a young girl, and he is looking this way, and he is, you can, the movement of it is he's about to dunk her under the water, and he's got this really angry uh, face, and, and the, the young girl has this sort of serene face is like she's sort of accepting this odd thing that's about to happen to her and in the painting on the far left uh there's another angry gray-faced person a woman and i i kind of joked with allison because i think i think that's the clergy spouse uh and uh but but she's there in the corner and she looks mad and then on the other side are more uh uh, catechumens, more people who are going to be baptized, and they have the same sort of look of both anticipation and fear and uh, resolution that they're going to be next in the trough. And as I was sitting there looking at this painting, and I was sitting there thinking about um, our church, and I was thinking about our world, and I was thinking about everything that was going on, I wrote a poem. And so um, you'll have to bear with me and hear my poem. Um, because the way that the guy looked, it just made me want to write a poem. The title of this poem is Poor Jesus. Poor Jesus. Is this what Jesus thought? Lying in his bed at 14. This is what I'll do. I'll go out and say that God is more than everything more than insinuated, more than instituted, more than information. God is inspired. I'll go out, I'll say that. Then later, in more years than I can count now, in a yet-to-be-created language, an angry man will use my name to drag a 14-year-old girl to some water and tell her if she doesn't, then she won't. And if she won't, then I, Jesus, will send her to hell. That's what Jesus was thinking. What a great idea. In Charleston, I had a long conversation with a young priest about the death of the Episcopal Church. I seem to always be in conversations about the death of the Episcopal Church. And we seem to be like the zombies of Christendom. We just won't die. 
but we just keep going. Um, it's our, our demise is always being predicted, and it doesn't seem to arrive. And as we were talking, we were, I was talking about why we don't seem to die. And I said, well, I think it's the liturgy. I think the, the, the fabric of the Episcopal Church is in its church. And I, was re- I remembered Hurricane Rita. Some of you were a part of, probably a part of that experience when Hurricane Rita came and, and we all r- ran. Nobody wanted to be New Orleans and Katrina, so we all ran. Some of you spending 18 hours in your cars as you, as you ran. A lot of the clergy ran. Uh, many of the churches on Sunday decided that they wouldn't have church. And I was working at the cathedral at the time, and we decided that we would risk it and just have church, whatever that would look like. And I remember sitting on the bell porch waiting for church to begin, and you could feel the anxiety in the city, just that post-hurricane kind of anxiety. And it's it's been my observation that after hurricanes, it's real hot. It's just kind of hot and anxious. And the organ of the cathedral turned on. And I remember everyone just sort of feeling better as we began the procession and the familiarity of the worship, of that rhythm, of that circadian rhythm that we have, of, of who we are as this palliates, uh, provided normalcy and familiarity. I brought that when I came to St. Mark's after Hurricane Ike. Um, James Durkitz and I, <clears throat> James was the priest here with me, and we, uh, we got to church, and we were the only two at 745, which is normal. And, um, and then um, there, we had no electricity, we had no lights, and so we, we came in and we did church, some of you were here, we cleared off the debris, we provided a sense of normalcy, a sense of familiarity in that chaos. And I think that's the gift that we, we give. There's a writer named Phyllis Tickle, who has, who has recently died, who wrote a book in 2007 called The Great Emergence. And she points out in The Great Emergence about the church is that we are in a 500-year cycle. If you go back 500 years from now, you would hit the, the Reformation. If you go back 500 years from the Reformation, you would hit uh, the, great, uh, the Great Schism. If you go from there 500 years, you hit the East-West conflict. From 500 years from that, you hit the Jesus. 500 years from that, you hit the Babylonian exile. And we are in it. And she describes it like a rummage sale. Like, everything goes out on, the, out, on the, out on the front lawn. Everything's out. And it's interesting to me because I feel like we're in like one of those in our culture, too. Everything's out. The government, the universities, the schools, the churches, the financing, the banks. Everything's out on the yard. And we are to be hopeful because that means that we can go out there and go take the things that are great and bring them back in. I feel like the first thing that the church needs to do is go out and get its love out of the yard and bring it in. I feel like then we go get our charity and our mercy, bring those back in. I think we ought to keep the Eucharist. I like it. Baptism's good. I think that uh, we ought to have uh, marriage. I think we ought to have reconciliation and unction. 
I like all of those things. I think we ought to have a way to confirm our beliefs to each other. I think we ought to have an ordination, a way to, to bring up leaders for us. I think we need to keep some of those things. They may be different when they come back inside, but I think we need to bring them back in. And I feel like we are in a rummage sale of ourselves. And we ought to go back out on the yard and get the things that matter. Those things that matter to us. Because I believe that Jesus does not want a church where an angry pastor shoves you under the water. I believe that Jesus wants a church where there's joy and there's laughter and familiarity and love. Like a long-time marriage where you can sit together and laugh. Like long-time friendships where you can rely on those, those bonds. So, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, and portents in the sky, plagues and calamities and earthquakes, take heart. Because what's happening is we're beginning again. We're always beginning again. Amen.
This episode was produced by St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. Special thanks to our band, led by Cameron Deason-Hammond, and featuring Jeremy Nuncio, Asher Pudlow, and Andrew Gordon. Join us every Sunday for Soulful Sundays at 5 p.m. at St. Mark's, 3816 Bel Air Boulevard in Houston, Texas, or visit us online at stmarks-houston.org.